0: Hello, I'm Monsignor Jim Lasanti. Today, and personally speaking, I'll be joined by actor Gordon Vishnick. Gordon is best known for his role as Dr. Luka Kovac in the Emmy Award winning hit television series, ER. And he currently stars in the new film, Fatima, based on the 1917 Our Lady of Fatima events. Please stay with us. Welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Gemlasanti, and actor Goran Vizhnick joins me now. Goran stars in the new film called Fatima, a version of The Miracle of Our Lady of Fatima. He is best known for his role as Dr. Luka Kovac in the Emmy Award winning medical drama ER. Goran was recently seen in Amazon's The Boys, Timeless, and This Is Us, as well as on ABC's Red Widow and CBS's Extant. His film credits include Asthma. The Counselor, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and Beginners. The Croatian-born actor began his career starring as the lead in Hamlet in the internationally acclaimed Dubrovnik Summer Theater Festival in Croatia, and his performance earned him an Orlando Award, Croatia's equivalent of the Tony Award. In Fatima, Goran plays Arturo, the mayor of Lucia's hometown, who does not believe the three children who report visions of the Virgin Mary. Goren says the message at the heart of the film is quite simple. Quote, as human beings, he writes, we have to be good to each other. It's a message that was needed then, and more than 100 years later, is so important today in bringing peace into our families, our communities, and our world. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, the actor, Goren Vishnick. Goran, welcome to our show, and I want to get it right. Goran Vishnick, am I saying it right? That's that's pretty close. Pretty, pretty close. close. And by the way, our, our listeners can't see this, but how long is that great mustache growing on you?
1: Uh I just actually got rid of my full beard. So okay. this is just a leftover. But it was just, I'm in Croatia. It's really hot. I even had the long hair for this job that I was kind of hoping to get. And then one day I woke up and I just said, you know what? I'm done with it. I cut off the beard, cut off the hair. So this is just
0: the leftover. Now, let me ask you, I'm told that uh, you're now living pretty much full time in Europe. Yes. How could you leave our beautiful (laughs) USA? Because
1: I'm uh, traveling so much. Yeah. that I really can't even say I'm living someplace, you know, right, in right. one place. I'm in Croatia now, visiting my mom and dad. My kids has been here for two months because we were just completing a move from Los Angeles to England, and it all happened during the virus time. So ah. it was really weird. We sent the container uh, to England, and then basically for five months, you know, when virus happened, you know, we were like without our things. So kids were going on Zoom school, sitting on a cardboard boxes. They were sleeping on a floor for five months, you know, (laughs) because all our stuff were waiting for us in England. It was really It was really kind of... If I knew
0: you were suffering, I would have had a collection in my church. Let's send clothes to Ah, Goran and not that It wasn't
1: that.
0: Now, for our our listeners around the country, one of the reasons we're talking to Goran is to talk about this movie, which is called Fatima, obviously about our lady's appearance at Fatima. Uh, You play Arturo, the mayor of Fatima. Can you tell us something about your character? Are you one of the good guys or one of the not-so-good guys for the children?
1: Well, I mean... Look, it's it's very difficult to play, you know, to play good guys, bad guys in this case. If if you think about historical situation in Portugal during the First World War, government was really opposing the church. Right. It was a very very uh, difficult time to be a churchgoer because government was uh, trying to portray believers as, uh, you know, people who were against technology, against the improvement. Right. So. It was a really tough time, you know. There were even some church closures and stuff like that. So when the kids start telling the story, you know what happened to them, and you know what they saw and everything, you know, Arturo is trying to get to the bottom of it. Are the kids just mm-hmm. playing or not? Even the bishop and the church, you know, they're trying to see: Are the kids serious? This this really happened or no? And then. When people actually start really believing in and uh when kids were, you know, experiencing the scene once a month, you know, more and more people start coming there. So Arturo was getting was being pressured from Lisbon by the government that he needs to make everything stop. And he, well, he couldn't do it, you know, because people were just uh coming and it was a bigger and bigger event every time, you know. So right. um uh, he was a definitely guy between a rock and a hard place because his wife was actually telling him, Look, man, you need to let it go. What's wrong with this? It's a message of peace and love. You know, why right, are you trying right. to even to stop it? And you know, he was he was a government guy. He was he was trying to do uh, you know the best what he could. Funny thing is, after the final miracle, the miracle of the sun, right. Arturo disappears from the public eye. You can't find him in historical records any longer. You know, he he stops being a mayor. He obviously seen something, he experienced something on that day because he was there during the miracle of the sun. And you know he he just stopped uh, being in politics and everything. He just he just disappeared. He never said publicly, you know, okay, I'm a Catholic, I'm a believer now. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of obvious in a way because he really just he decided, you know, he wasn't on the right side, probably, you know.
0: Okay. Goran, you're coming as you do for, with a Croatian background, uh, what is the predominant faith in Croatia and how strong is it?
1: It's Catholic, pretty what? strong, you know. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And and uh, you, you had the experience of living through the war years, did you not? Yes, yes. And and how how did that impact on the country?
1: Well, wow, that's that's a part of much bigger conversation. You know, it's like yeah. it was it, it was a very complicated time, and uh, it was tough. Look, every war is tough. Yeah. And uh, it was uh, it wasn't it wasn't a, it wasn't a best part to be living there. You know. Right. But. What I like to say is uh, now Croatia is really in a good shape. You know, Mm -hmm. minus the virus. You know, (laughs) let's say (laughs) for everything. You know, uh, the tourism was really uh, going great, and it's a really beautiful country with so many, so many natural beauties. You know, so many architectural beauties. Uh, You know, for example, like our uh, cathedral in my hometown is a UNESCO monument, for example, Ah. because of the it's the only cathedral built only with stone. There is no wood or metal wow. used in building, you know. So it's, it's a very famous building, actually, in the world. Mm-hmm. It's a UNESCO's monument. Um, and the country is, uh, it, it's really pretty, you know. I, I'm glad to
0: hear that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, my generation would have remembered uh, President Tito and the concept of Yugoslavia. And it, I guess for those of us who are from another country, we can never understand why when he disappears from the scene, everything seems to fall apart. What did he have that held everything together, or was it forced?
1: Well, I mean, it was kind of semi-forced. You see, I I did a movie, Welcome to Sarajevo, more than 20 years ago. Yes, I remember.
0: Beautiful film.
1: Powerful. And then people would ask me all these questions, and and one of my answers was, look, if we're going to really... Go in that direction. I would need I would need the geopolitical maps of Europe for the <laughs> yeah. last three hundred years. <laughs> right. But bottom line, bottom line is uh, when when Christianity split in half, it happened exactly through the middle of Yugoslavia at uh. the time. You get Croatia, and Slovenia, uh, were Catholic countries. Serbia, uh, Macedonia, and Montenegro they became uh, Eastern Orthodox. Turks came into the area. They conquered the Bosnia parts of Serbia. So now in Bosnia, you have you have a Muslim religion uh, mm-hmm. because the Turks were there for a couple of hundred years, right. a couple of centuries. So that area was such a religious turmoil. But during that time, you know, like Croatia and Serbia never went in war. Actually, we helped each other and stuff like that because we were always separate entities, separate nations, you know, mm-hmm. separate countries. But when they decided to put all those countries together because they were South Slavic people, right? that was the only kind of like only similarity. But because historically we've been so separated and so different, when you put us all together in the same country, it just couldn't work. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a false assumption, in my opinion, even to start a country like Yugoslavia. I think it was always supposed to be separate like it's now. And, and, you know, if you you see Slovenia and Croatia, we're doing really fine and actually
0: not fine. We're doing really, really good. Uh, Goran, let me ask you, especially in light of the film Fatima, um, could you tell us a little bit about the experience of what a place like Medjugorje has done to an area like the country you you come from? Is there a parallel between Medjugorje and Mary's uh, apparitions there as opposed to Fatima? Have you given that much thought?
1: Well... There is is a parallel, Uh, there was even a movie made uh, about Medjugorje, there was a similar situation when the government officials, it was a communist country, Mm -hmm. and the government officials uh, were basically, you know, trying to tell the children, you know, you need to tell us the truth, you know, this didn't happen, you know, Uh, I'm not exactly familiar in the details how far it went and what happened you know um the difference of fatima was that when it happened technology of, on, on the planet was mm-hmm. much much lower than when it happened in medjugorje when it happened in medjugorje you always got television you got radio you got newspapers being right. kind of magazines you got people were much more connected it's almost the difference between medjugorje and today, with all the social media, it's like everything is instantly know. As the difference between Medjugorje to Vatican, mm-hmm. I mean the, the technological gap between between the uh, events. But. Um, In Fatima, you had one big difference because there was this big miracle of the sun that was witnessed about apparently 70,000 people. It was even recorded on a camera. Cameras at that time were not really good. And, you know, what you see on that film is kind of like, you know, skeptics are saying, you know, it could have been done, you know. But but there were so many. My my biggest uh, thing that confirms everything that happened there... Because I don't want to talk. Oh, do you believe in that? or you don't believe? It's so, no. The kids' message was so simple and beautiful, and was a message of love and peace. And these little kids, they, they. I don't think they could have come up with something like that on their own mm-hmm. to to get such a kind of beautiful pure message out there. For me, that's pretty much the biggest, the biggest uh, thing to go for. It that really did happen. You know what I mean?
0: Mhm going when when from my viewers and listeners around the country when is Fatima as a film going to be popularly released and importantly how can they find it
1: well uh the release is on the 28th um if uh instagram users they can go on picture house USA or Fatima the movie or they can just go online google it and they're going to see exactly there's going to be limited uh, theatrical release. So I'm not sure in which cities, but you can find all online. Okay. And also it's going to be on, on, I believe all streamer platforms, you know, from iTunes to uh, the other uh, crime video. Uh, so from 28th of August, you're going to be able to basically find it. You know, you can just Google it and uh, you know, but in North America, it's tomorrow uh which theaters exactly you're going to need to do a bit of a search.
0: Okay, let's talk a little bit about you for a moment. Your your own upbringing, uh, was faith something given to you? Was it something you embraced? Uh, did it come from your parents, from the local parish priest? Uh, how did you get to be a man of faith?
1: Well, I, when I was born, we lived, it was a communist country. It was Yugoslavia, so it was it was not it was not something that was encouraged right, a lot. Right. So it was more something that, that, that was kind of like in the culture that you kind of grew up with because it was just like, yeah. again, that cathedral in my hometown. You know, when people say, you know, why people used to build these churches in the, in the old times, there is something that kind of just draws you in that it's like a beauty of the place of the building, you know. So uh, we've been just, uh, it was just always around, you you know, and Mm -hmm. when I was, when I was older, I, I was, I was kind of drawn more to it than when I was a kid, to be honest.
0: For our listeners around the country, Gordon has an interesting guy. He has played Hamlet. He's played a star of ER and now he's starring in this movie Fatima. Uh, I'm intrigued by the parents who formed you. Uh, what did they do right in raising you that made you comfortable with the idea of a life in the arts?
1: Um, they pretty much let me be when I was deciding what am I going to do in life? Uh, There was many, many funny stories with me and my mom talking about my future in this business, you know, (laughs) but I was in an amateur theater when I was a kid, since I was nine years old. We have a very old tradition of theater in my hometown. And. Also, a tradition of a uh, amateur children's theater. So my mom was thinking, oh, when I was a kid, well, better that he's in theater. You know, working. We worked work really hard. We had two premieres a year. Uh, you know, we did this Midsummer Night's Dream when I was in fifth grade of primary school. I mean, it was adapted version. It wasn't a full-on, hundred uh, percent play, but it was it was pretty big. I remember working really hard on it in in the fifth grade, but. So she was kind of thinking, you know, it's better if he's there than if he's on the street, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when I realized in my teen years that this can actually be a profession, they told me, you know what you do in theater, that's actually the same thing as Paul Newman is doing. I'm like, what uh-huh. do you mean by that? I'm like, thats it's the same job, you know? It's just, well, mm-hmm. you need to do school, you need to, well, you can't end up in Hollywood, but, you know, you can work in Zagreb or you can work, you know, but there is a TV and movies in in. At that time, Yugoslavia. And I was like, okay, that sounds like fun. But I kind of was thinking about maybe I'm going to go to that Hollywood, check it out one day. (laughs) So uh, when I told my mom when I was about 17 that after the high school, I want to become a professional actor and I want to go to the Academy of Dramatic Arts in Zagreb, you know, that was the only school at the time in Croatia that, that you could do. She was like, well, I mean, if you really like it, you can, you should go, of course, you know. But it's a tough life, you know, mm-hmm. son. You know, they drink a lot. Those people. she <laughs> you know, was kind of like giving me this. You know like, well, I just want to be an actor. Well, I, 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 do respect it. You know, you, you should, you should try because it was a free school, but it was a huge audition. You know, it was like four or five hundred people, mm-hmm. and they would take thirteen people for that school year. Okay. So it was a very difficult school to get in. It wasn't about the money. It was about you know.
0: Getting it. So she was encouraged. She encouraged you, and she did not discourage you, and that's a good thing. Now, uh, for our listeners, Goran Vishnik is also now not just a son; he's a, a dad. Uh, when you have children of your own, how do you encourage them to follow their dreams? But at the same time, how do you implant in them the strength, the values, the faith to sustain them? How, how are you raising your own kids? Well.
1: The biggest
0: problem, I mean, not the problem.
1: I mean, my wife and I talk a lot about, you know, how we do things. Are we doing things okay? We're trying to see some mistakes that we recognize from other people, our parents. (laughs) There is no proper book on it. You know, you really try as best as you can, and you can always mess up something. It's really difficult because it's so many tiny little things. But what we try... We're really I'm really hoping for my kids that they're gonna have a passion towards something that they're gonna have mm-hmm. anything if it's gonna be a drummer in a rock band, I don't care <laughs> but as long as he's passionate about being a drummer because that leads to a life of fulfillment in my in my eyes because if, if you if you have a job that you love so much, you're not gonna work one day in your life right you know when I when I work, I can say I work only when I memorize my lines. That's kind of a bit of a dull job. Mm-hmm. But what, once you're done that, you know, there is no work. It's actually pure enjoyment. You, you know, you really, you really try to, you know, to, to challenge yourself to do different roles every time. And you know, so we're trying, we're constantly testing them and say, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And You know, not everybody knows exactly what they want, you know, but they're still little. And I have to say they are, uh, they're interesting kids and they're trying really hard, I think. And uh, they've been traveling a lot with us and they've been seeing a lot. And uh, I hope they're, they're open-minded and they're going to, you know, they're going to have happy lives.
0: That's all I can hope for. You know? That's a, a great thing for a parent to want. gordon when you've been, as you have for many years now, the handsome leading man, how well do you handle the concept of aging?
1: Well, I mean, look, it, it is tricky because you see yourself, you know, playing Hamlet when you were 21 and now, you know, you're 47. And of course you can't play Hamlet anymore, but you can play age appropriate roles. For me, I I just want to do a good role. I want to do stuff that it's interesting, something that I can really, you know, get myself in. But on the other hand, I'm I'm big believer in exercise. And I know I had some issues with my back 20 more years ago. And Every time I don't exercise for more than like seven to ten days, my back starts stiffening Mm -hmm. and I'm starting having problems with my back. As soon as I go into my three times a week regimen of exercise, I'm healthy as I think our bodies are not made for this kind of sedentary lifestyle. You know, you sit in the car, you walk a little bit, you come to your office or whatever. I think we need to keep uh, keep moving. So that helps a lot. And then you know, stuff you eat, how much you drink. I quit drinking years ago and that was the best thing like of course, smoking I quit like more than twelve, thirteen years ago. Uh-huh. Those two things are gonna do a miracle for your appearance. Not yes. drinking alcohol and not smoking cigarettes, eating moderately, you you would be surprised that it's really it's gonna it's gonna keep you younger for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So you do some things that are normal. And that's what I believe. I believe I like when I see Clint Eastwood, when you see his face being really kind of like, you can see his age. Right. It's all good, you know? So let's talk in 10 years.
0: (laughs) Goran, let me ask you, you said a moment ago that you like to take roles that give meaning, that have meaning. Um, So what then attracted you to this role in Fatima? Why Fatima?
1: Well, Fatima was what it was, when my 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 agents send me scripts that are people are interested in me or they think this would be something I would love to be fighting for and stuff like that, so this one came uh, with the interest for me to to portray this this mm-hmm. this character. Now I read the script. I really loved it, and I've seen Marco Pontecorvo's movie Parada which was a very kind of gritty, realistic movie, very down to earth. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like a little bit awkward that this guy is going to be directing a period piece of appearance of Virgin Mary in Portugal in 1917. So my curiosity was very tickled to be working with him Mm -hmm. uh, on a script like this. And the character was a character that on the outside, yes, he was against that. He was trying to, you know, get these kids to tell, you know, to tell him they invented everything. But internally, he was struggling a lot. I don't know Could you see that in the movie or not. Because, you know, there are scenes with his wife. You see that him and his wife, they've been together for a long time. They have kids on their own. And she tells him, like, why are you doing this? You know there's no need for this, and he's str- you see he's struggling between between his wife, between himself, between the, the government. So yeah. the more the more complicated the character is, it's easier for me to play it in a way. you know, you need to put an effort, but it, it makes it it makes it interesting. The more interesting the character is, it's easier for you to do because there is no the toughness. it's a you know, you, you can't say, a toughness in my work, you know, because okay. the tougher it is, it's kind of easier to do it. It's kind of counterintuitive, but whatever
0: but it is. Goran's our guest. I promise I'm going to wrap it up now. But my last question uh, years ago, the first interview I ever did was with the film director, Frank Capra, who did it's a wonderful life and many other great films. But he said he thought the great curse of our age was discouragement. Um, which leads me to my final question for you in light of the, challenging times we're living in, very similar to what was going on during Fatima. Are you, Goran, not just as an actor, but as a person, are you hopeful for the human race?
1: Oh, that's a tricky one, because it's literally sometimes I get exasperated with everything that's happening, and sometimes I'm just like, oh you know, I just can't take this anymore. It's like social media, you know, me as an actor, I have my Instagram account, which I'm taking care of my own. So I kind of need, I kind of feel I need to post a little bit about Fatima, about the show I was doing, the new show coming out. So I'm constantly involved in it. And then you check Twitter, you check news, and it's so much, it's so much noise. Mm -hmm. And you, it's so difficult, even for me, that I can say I'm relatively educated and relatively young, so I'm relatively involved in things, and it's so difficult to, to see through the clutter. Mm-hmm. Very, very difficult. And that's what's kind of like, you know, killing me. But at the end of the day, I am hopeful. Absolutely. I am hopeful, and I think we are better than this, and I think this movie, I don't want to sound that I'm trying to sell the film. I really honestly believe if you... Don't worry about was miracle real? Was it really happened? The message that these kids were trying to, to give out there, that's what's important. And that message is beautiful. It's, it's, a, it's a message that it's message of love, and yes. you know, be better to your brother human, not because he's black or white or, or whatever, or this religion, that religion. I mean, we're all in the same thing. You know? we're all <laughs> on the same planet, you know, right. And it's a global village with the internet and airplanes and everything. I mean, this virus connected us so quickly. Like, it spread like a, like a wildfire, you know? And it's same with information and everything. And now I would just like to see a little bit of goodness to spread that fast, you know? Right. That would I, be think, nice. I think
0: Goren's onto something. With a film like Fatima, the greatness of it, it seems to me, is that the message, even though it's from the early part of the last century is as relevant today we still can be discouraged we can still be in need of that message of love one another forgive one another work it out together uh the message is very timely very topical i'm hoping our listeners will watch the film fatima and once again www.fatimamovie.com and i want to thank Orin vishnik for being with us he's a wonderful actor and i hope today we got to see not just a wonderful actor but a thinking caring compassionate human being uh, and I'm so grateful that he made the time to be with us on our show. Goran, thank you so much and all the best luck with Fatima. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. As we end today's program, I want to thank all of you for being with us. If you have any questions or comments about the show, you can send them to me through my website, which is www.closeencountertv.com. All one word, closeencountertv.com. To listen to our Personally Speaking podcast, with some of our most recent shows, please go to YouTube and search under Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Lissanti and subscribe. Personally Speaking is also available as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeart, and Spotify. You can also listen to past episodes by going to www.ollmp.org, olLMP.org and you get not only recent shows, but also Monsignor Jim's weekly homilies. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer, Personally Speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandewicz. And thank you all so much for being with us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.